Welcome back to this uh, series that we're calling Peace on the Parkway, where we're learning how to have God's peace in the midst of the pressurized parkway of life. And uh, what we're doing is we're learning about God's peace as God tells us about it through the Apostle Paul in the fourth chapter of his letter to the church in Philippi. And today, we continue what we began last week uh, by studying a truth that is extremely important to experiencing God's peace. It is the truth that dwelling in God's peace becomes possible when my mind dwells on good things. Inspired by God's Spirit, this is what the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. This is a promise from God. God says that I will dwell in his peace as my mind dwells on peaceful thinking, defined as thinking about whatever is true, meaning truths about me, about God, about his word, and as I dwell on what is noble, which are things that really matter both now and for all eternity. And as I think about whatever's right, meaning thoughts that are about doing good with good motives, and as I dwell on whatever is pure, meaning things that are God-pleasing, and as I think about whatever is lovely, meaning things that contribute to joy and beauty, and as I dwell on whatever is admirable, things that are worthy of my self-sacrifice, and whatever is excellent, which is thinking about what is best in life. And finally, as I think about whatever is praiseworthy, which are blessings to celebrate and people to appreciate, God's peace becomes possible when my mind dwells on these good things. The problem is that naturally what pops into my mind is the opposite and might be called painful thinking, where I dwell on lies and worthless thoughts, shameful thoughts, thinking that is poisonous and repulsive and discouraging and inferior and cringe-worthy. I don't want this painful thinking. So how do I do it? How do I move my thoughts from the painful thinking side of the list to the peaceful thinking side of the list? Well, the Apostle Paul explains how in another letter. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. The mind yielded to the natural flesh is painful death, but the mind yielded to the Spirit of God is life and peace. So, how do I move my thoughts from the painful side to the peaceful side? It is not trying harder at mind control. It is yielding. It is yielding to God's Holy Spirit. So what does it mean? What does it mean to yield to the Holy Spirit? Think about it this way. Let's say you uh, bring home a large 70-inch flat-screen TV uh, that you buy at Best Buy. You bring it home, and you uh, plug the cord into the outlet. Um, how many channels do you get? None. 
You get static. But if you connect your TV then to a satellite package or a cable package or a streaming package, well, now you get something. Uh, you've got news channels and movie channels and sports channels and other channels that come with your particular subscription package. And then you can sit back and then you can yield to the thought flow of each channel. Uh, you can choose to yield your thoughts to CNN and just be depressed at the disastrous state of our world. Uh, you can choose to yield to the thought flow of HGTV and be depressed over the disastrous state of your home and garden. <laughs> or you can turn to, like my wife, the Hallmark Channel and, uh, yeah, and uh, let your thought flow go into a chick flick uh, and be depressed over someone dying over a lingering disease. Nobody dies quickly on this channel. It always begins with a <coughs> mysterious cough and oh, it gets just worse and worse and worse. Uh, anyway, uh, before I follow Jesus, my mind flips between these channels that are in one way or another painful and depressing. That's all before Jesus. But when I receive God's forgiveness through my belief in Jesus and what he did on the cross for me, something happens in me. I am changed. And one of the changes in me is that my mind gets a new mental package that includes a new channel. The new channel is HSN. Uh, which broadcasts 24 hours a day, offering me great things that I didn't even know existed. It's a, a network that I can tune into and access nonstop offers that are great for me and great for the people in my life. And if you think I'm talking about the home shopping network, that's painful thinking. <laughs> I'm, of course, talking about the Holy Spirit network. I get a new channel. I get a new channel with a new life-giving thought flow that I can yield to. I don't need to just submit to the painful thoughts of fear and anger and discontentment. I can change the channel to the Holy Spirit network and yield to thoughts that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Peaceful thinking is not just being passive, and it certainly is not just trying harder to force myself to think about good things. It's changing the channel to the Holy Spirit network and yielding to it. Now, naturally, my mind will slip off track into negative thinking. So what do I do? I change my mind. That's what the word repentance means. In the Greek, it's metanoia, which means to change the channel of my mind. Peaceful thinking is the process of constantly choosing to change the channel and yield to God's Spirit. That is how I experience God's peace in this pressurized parkway of a life. But let me just stress something here. Let me just stress that the reason that we keep changing our minds back to God's way of thinking is not only because we want to experience God's peace. It's much more than that. We choose spirit-yielded thinking, not just because we want to have God's peace in this world, but become God's people in this world. The reason I want to dwell on whatever is true, noble, right, pure, and the rest is not just so that I can experience 
peace inside, but so that I can produce fruit on the outside. This is what Jesus is teaching in this profound uh, passage from Luke chapter 6. Jesus says, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. Good people bring good things out of the good stored in their minds or hearts, same, same word, and evil people bring evil things out of the evil stored in their minds. And then the very next verse is Jesus uh, saying, from the overflow of your mind then, the mouth speaks or your body acts. Jesus says it doesn't do any good to start with the externals. You must start with what is inside the tree. It is inside the tree that determines the fruit that gets produced in my life. Jesus says that the reason I want to dwell on whatever is true, noble, right, and pure, and the rest is so that I can produce a fruit of Christ-likeness in my life because as good thoughts are stored up inside my mind, then they produce good fruit on the outside. Jesus says that my thoughts inside actually determine who I am on the outside. So I pursue spirit-yielded thinking, not just so I can experience the invisible peace on the inside, but I, I want to produce this, this fruit of a child of God where I am actually producing a fruit that is life-giving in the way I talk and act and love others and then make a difference in this world. I mean, there are many areas uh, where good thoughts then produce good fruit. But let's start with three big thought life topics. My self-talk, my life impact, and my everyday relationships. Let's begin with the topic of self-talk. Uh, over the years I lived in uh, Boston as a uh, graduate student, I would read the Boston Globe, and the big story at the time was the drowning of a young man named Chris Dulio. Uh, Chris had been out golfing with uh, three of his young friends who told the police that Chris was looking for a lost golf ball in a water trap, slipped, hit his head on a rock, and drowned. Uh, Chris Dulio was buried, and uh, the world thought that the story was over. But some things cannot be buried. Three years later, uh, the th the two, two of, the, of Chris's friends returned to confess the truth, that Chris had not slipped, but that one of the guys had pushed him, maybe out of it as a joke, and he hit his head and drowned. So why did they come forward? Well, listen to what happened to these three guys over those three years where they kept silent. One suffered such serious health issues that he could not hold a job. One suffered a severe psychotic break and was institutionalized. And the third, he didn't survive, but actually took his own life. And all this turmoil took place over three years where these guys learned that they could decide to keep quiet, but they could not stop the constant self-talk of condemnation and guilt and regret and shame. 
I understand it's an extreme example, but it shows the destruction that takes place inside when we constantly tell ourselves that we are guilty failures who will be exposed for the frauds we are, who are slaves to shame, who don't deserve to be loved or set free by anybody. It's been uh, said that over the course of your life, there is one person you will speak to more than any other, and that is yourself. What do you say to yourself? It is so important to analyze your self-talk because this is your thought life, and your thought life, as it concerns yourself, will determine the fruit you produce, whether good or bad. To produce good fruit, I need to stop the bad self-talk. Well, how do I do that? Well, I turn the channel back to spirit-yielded thinking about what is true, what is right, and what is pure. True, right, pure. I'm just emphasizing three of the eight qualities. Uh, Obviously, the other eight qualities apply just as much to all the other three topics, self-talk, life impact, everyday relationships, but maybe true, right, pure, especially apply to this negative self-talk that makes so many of us slaves to fear. Now, where do you start? Where do you start combating this negative talk? It is not, I tell you, coming up with corny self-affirmations. The place to start is to listen, is to listen to what is true from God's word, to listen to what God says about you and make that your self-talk about yourself. As God says about you in Romans chapter 8, the spirit you receive does not make you a slave again to fear. Rather, the spirit you receive brings about your adoption as God's child. And by him we cry, Abba, Daddy, Father. And also remember what the Apostle Paul says right in our text. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, put it into practice. Paul's referring to his words from God, God's word, and how I should make this myself talk, the truth of God's word about who I am. And that will produce good fruit, the good fruit of making me bold in my identity in Christ, which leads to the next big thought life topic, which is life impact. Since I'm no longer a slave to fear, God, my Abba Daddy, wants to send me out to make a difference in this world as I engage in spirit-yielded thinking uh, that is noble, meaning that what really matters, that is lovely, meaning it adds joy and beauty, and what's admirable, meaning it's worthy of my self-sacrifice. What does God want me to think about as I yield to the Holy Spirit network? God says in Joel chapter 2, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will share my word. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. God calls me to think noble, lovely, admirable thoughts, which produce good fruit. The good fruit of life impact as I boldly share Jesus, who is God's good word. God wants me dreaming 
envisioning ways that my life can make a difference in Jesus, in ways that really matter, in ways that add joy and beauty that's worthy of my self-sacrifice, which is why God calls me and calls you to take the step of obeying in baptism. Jesus calls you to publicly be baptized as that bold step that says to you, to heaven and earth, that you are no longer a slave to fear, but a child of God, and that your focus is no longer focused just on you and how you are coming off to people, but you're focused on giving attention to Jesus and what he's done in your life. So today, stop by the Next Steps room and uh, take 15 minutes to get ready to be baptized on Sunday, November 20th. 24th, or just stop by. If you can't stay, then just stop by and sign up to be baptized. Let your baptism be your stake in the ground that says to God that you are serious. You're serious about making a difference, that you're no longer a slave to fear, but you are yielded for bold impact in his name, which brings to, to us to the final big thought life topic, my relationships. Because I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I am a loved child of God. I've got love that can overflow. Love that can, I want to overflow to other people, even people who don't love me back. I want to be a life-giving, positive presence in all my relationships and the only way that I will ever produce this kind of good fruit in my relationships is if I choose spirit-yielded thoughts that are excellent, meaning they think about the best in people, and praiseworthy, meaning that I'm committed to building other people up with thoughts that accompany that. To be a good friend, I have to refuse thoughts of jealousy when my friend succeeds. Instead, I want excellent thoughts that want the best for my friend. In my relationship with my spouse, I've got to combat, I've got to change the channel away from the, the thoughts where I want to change or manipulate my spouse into somebody else by trying to nag and complain. Instead, I'm going to yield to praiseworthy thoughts where I seek to build up my spouse with sincere gratitude, praise, and appreciation. As God says through Paul in 1 Thessalonians, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. That takes a whole different kind of way of thinking. And as I focus on these kind of excellent and praiseworthy thoughts toward others, God does miracles in my relationships. Just put it to the test. Put it to the test and just see how simple affirmation in the lives uh, that you touch can do miracles. A while back, I read an article by uh, a Christ-following woman who is a junior high math teacher named Helen. And uh, Helen wondered if she was making any difference in her student relationships until, uh, until she heard about one of her students, Mark Eklund. In paraphrase, she writes this. One Friday, my math class became very negative as the students began really tearing each other down. It became so toxic that I called them to close their math books and list their names of their fellow students on a piece of paper. And then I told them to, next to each name, write the nicest things they could think about 
uh, about their other classmates. Write them down. And then when the uh, bell rang, each student uh, handed me the paper of these nice things about each one of their fellow students. That Saturday, I took a, another piece of paper for each student, and then I compiled all the nice things that were said about each student, and then I added some of my own. On Monday, I gave each student his or her personalized list. And before long, everybody in the class was smiling and saying, wow, I didn't know people liked that about me. No one ever mentioned these papers again. But then Helen writes, many years later, I got a call from a friend saying that the Ecklands were trying to reach me. Mark Eklund was one of my students in that uh, negative class, and I hadn't heard from him since he became a Navy SEAL. And I was told by this friend, after I asked how Mark is doing, uh, Mark was killed in action, and the funeral is tomorrow, and the parents would love to have you there. And so Helen says, as I stood by the coffin of my former student, Mark's dad approached me, and he took something out of his pocket. They found this on Mark when he was killed. And immediately I knew that it was that piece of paper that had been now uh, taped and taped and folded and refolded many times. It was the paper in which were listed all the good things that I and his other classmates had said about him. Thank you for doing that, Mark's dad said. As you can see, Mark treasured it. And Helen said that this was the moment where she just broke down broke down in tears, thankful that she had encouraged Mark, but determined to dedicate her mind to thinking about how she could, in simple ways, just leave a word of affirmation with every person that meant something to her. How about you? You know, you can choose to think negative thoughts toward the people in your life, and you will forfeit God's peace on the inside, and you will forfeit healthy relationships on the outside. But if you switch the channel and you choose spirit-yielded thinking, you can experience God's peace on the parkway of life and maybe also bring God's peace into the lives of other people who are beaten and torn down by all the negativity in this world. Maybe you can give them, by just a little bit of thinking in terms of praiseworthy thoughts, you can give them something to build them up. Maybe you can give them a note of encouragement or a word of encouragement that they will carry with them for the rest of their lives. Think about that. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online. And we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.